Hi, this is Anita Hummel from the Dusty Roads podcast about living life as a global citizen. Hi, this is Anita from the Dusty Roads podcast, and this is episode number 13. Today, I want to talk about something which I just learned and something which I find to be really interesting. It was a question that was asked and one that I answered on a blog, which is, which is why does Vietnam use the Latin alphabet? And this is kind of interesting because if you go to Hong Kong or China, Thailand, um, you know, Cambodia, you will find that like Cambodia uses a script. Hong Kong uses Chinese characters. Taiwan has uh, Chinese characters or China has Chinese characters. Um, and you go to Thailand and Thailand has like a script. And many of those countries, you know, Hong Kong was under the British Um you know, uh, Cambodia for a long time was under the French, which was similar to what the Vietnamese were under the French for quite a while. But yet Vietnam is like the only country in this region that has a Latin alphabet. And from, you know, the a foreigner, it's, it's, it's great because you don't have to read characters. You don't have to learn to read a script. You can kind of sometimes, you know, understand what something says because it's in the Latin alphabet. You know, so a lot of people visit Vietnam, they're kind of surprised. Like, why does Vietnam have this Latin alphabet? And I know when I first came here, I was actually surprised too. Actually pleasantly surprised after being in China and you look at so many signs and you're like, now, what does that sign mean? Well, here, you know, you kind of figure it out a little bit. Well, actually, it's quite an interesting story about how Vietnam came to have the Latin alphabet. It actually start, was developed by a Jesuit priest named Francisco de Pina. He was born in 1585 in Garda, Portugal. In 1605, he became a Jesuit priest and joined the Jesuit order. From 1611 to 1617, he studied at St. Paul's College in Macau. And at this time in Macau, um, there was a there was another Jesuit priest there who pioneered the transliteration of Japanese into the Latin alphabet. And also while he was there, you know, um, Francisco would have understood a little bit about what a tonal language means because, you know, of course, Macau, um, you know, they would have been speaking of Chinese there. And Chinese, of course, is a tonal language, whether you speak Cantonese or you speak Man- the Mandarin. It's both of them are tonal languages. Pina came to Vietnam in 1617, and he arrived in an area which which he would have worked the area which had been the central coast between Hoi An and uh, Quinh An, which is that part of Vietnam um, today. He lived in Hoi An, but he actually did his missionary work in all these different locations around. He's actually recorded as and credited as the first foreigner to learn to read and I guess you could, well, speak at least fluent Vietnamese. But what he started to do is he started to record the Vietnamese language and be able to translate it or to transliterate it into the Latin characters or to the Latin script because he believed very much that these Jesuit priests and the others needed to be able to learn to speak some Vietnamese. So it was actually his work of the transliteration of Vietnamese into Latin alphabet that became the basis of the Vietnamese language as we know it today. He then used this transliteration to be able to teach other Jesuit priests and other disciples the Vietnamese language. He really was a great believer in the need that 
that the priests needed to know and understand Vietnamese for them to be successful in their missionary work. I often thought about this and I thought like, well, what do the other missionaries do or the other Jesuits do? Like you arrive in a country, you literally like they don't speak your language and you don't speak, you know, their language. How do you communicate with anybody? I mean, how do you go out and buy things on the street for food? How do you talk to people? How do you know what's being said? So it's it's interesting that he sort of had this belief that wasn't really that common in the time. I guess maybe the Jesuit priest before he came and learned to speak Vietnamese just sort of, you know, they just sort of stood in their own little group and were in their own little group and did their own little thing. And, and you try to maybe get some Vietnamese, try to learn your language so that you can teach them and start teaching some people. I I also, I think that it's, I, I, I would imagine too, among this group of these Jesuit priests, that he started learning the language, so he probably became the translator. They'd be calling and say, hey, you know, Francisco, come over here and help translate this for me, or help translate this for me, because he was the f- first person to really learn the Vietnamese language. He had a disciple who was another missionary, Alexander D. Rode. And and actually, if I go back for a minute with the story, is, is uh, Francisco actually ended up dying in a, in a shipwreck and he, he died. So we don't have any of his papers left, but he had a disciple. And so not all was lost. And this was sort of a French um, Jesuit priest named um, Alexandra de Rode. And um, it was Rode who actually res- deserves credit for his work with the Vietnamese writing system into the Latin alphabet, because he was spent 12 years in Vietnam and he mastered Vietnamese. He masters Vietnamese. And then he goes back to Europe and then in 1651, he published a dictionary, which was the Vietnamese, Portuguese, and Latin languages dictionary. You know, I could just imagine, like, there must have been some publisher saying, like, it's 1651, like, oh, do we really need to be publishing this dictionary? So way back in 1651, he publishes this dictionary of Vietnamese, Portuguese, and Latin languages. And I really wonder, you know, I don't think it was a bestseller, but it did end up having a lasting impact on both the Vietnamese language and the pursuit of Christianity in Vietnam. In other words, the language allowed for other Jesuits and other priests to be able to learn Vietnamese. So gradually over time, the Jesuit priests in Vietnam began to, um, you know, the so gradually and over time, these Jesuits, priests, Vietnamese, Latin alphabet system became Vietnam's main alphabet. You know, from about 111 BC to the earliest part of the 20th century, the Vietnamese wrote in a language or a form of Chinese characters known as Nom. And in Vietnam today, there's very few people who can read this because everybody uses this Latin alphabet system. You know, the um, this Latin alphabet system that these priests created, this Latin alphabet system that these priests created uses 29 letters. And so, but they do not use the English letters of F, J, W, or Z for their alphabet. You know, we have, they have 29 letters compared to what is 26 in the English alphabet. Seven of the letters are what they're called um, diacritics, meaning that they have a mark on them. And the mark would signify how do you say that word. For example, the Vietnamese have a letter that's a D, and then they have another letter which has a D with a slash through it. If you have just the D, let's say you have D-U-N-G, it would be Dung. If you have uh, the D with a slash through it, it's Zung. 
or my Vietnamese, I'm sure, have just murdered the language. So it's got the Z, Z effect and the D versus Z effect. So it makes, you know, it does make a difference as to the sound of these. Plus, they also have five tones. Vietnamese is a tonal language. This is where I find it really hard for me as a Westerner to learn. I do not have a good pitch and the tones are hard for me to learn. I mean, I can be in a car and I can say to the driver, you know, um, you know, um, you know, TD, TD Sheraton, they go, huh, huh? I go, Sheraton, huh? Sheraton, huh? Oh, Sheraton. And they'd like correct me. And I'd be like, well, that's just what I said. And they'd be like, no, you said something completely different. You know, so it is a really hard language, especially in, in, in uh, Hanoi, where where you have to have the tones almost be exact or they kind of look at you like, huh? Like, and I, sometimes I think, well, can't you kind of figure it out? I think one of the funniest stories I heard was a guy who was from South Africa. And um, he said that he, um, he was he was speaking English to a Vietnamese person. And he said, you know, can you tell me where the toilet is? And the woman looked at him and said, can you please speak English? And he's like, well, I am speaking English. You know, so, so actually... You know, Vietnamese, I have found, is actually quite a difficult language to learn, partly because the Vietnamese never think you can get the tones right. And second of all, because it is a tonal language, it just is very difficult. You know, so in Vietnamese, that's why some of these words may all look the same, but they'll have different meanings. So I really love this story about Vietnam and the Latin alphabet, because first of all, without the Jesuit priests, Vietnam probably would still have characters today. And so... These Jesuits priests came in the 1600s to Vietnam and brought this system of the Latin alphabet. So they left Vietnam with an alphabet and writing system that's still relevant today for the Vietnamese. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast and we look forward to you joining with us. If you've enjoyed it, please give us a thumbs up and tell your friends about it. Dusty Roads is all about living life as a global citizen, so we like to cover all parts of um, living life overseas, or if you're going to be an expat overseas, or just about life in general. So we hope you've enjoyed it and that you'll join us again. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is sponsored by A Bus on a Dusty Road, a blog about living life as a global citizen. Please go to our blog at abusonadustyroad.com and sign up for our free newsletter. If you've enjoyed this podcast, give us a thumbs up, leave us a review, and help to pass this along. Thank you so much for listening.